0: This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. 911,
1: what is the address to your emergency?
0: Have you guys been getting any calls... About some strange lights up on the North Hill. What is it? No, I, I, you know, we're we're driving down here, and just from a bunch of people, uh, you know, we just stopped over the side of the road to take a look, and there's such a strange low hum and some lights buzzing overhead.
1: Okay, stay where you are. We're gonna send someone over right now.
0: Well, it doesn't seem to be any the natural phenomena. I mean,
1: do not approach it.
0: Oh, hold on a second. I, no, you know what? I, I see, I see more lights. Co- more lights are coming. I, I don't know what these are. What? Oh, no, no, no. Hold on. Get back in the car. Get back in the car. No, 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 no. Wait, wait. No, that. You gotta send somebody out here now. I don't know what is
2: going on.
0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. I am yours truly, Mr. Rowe, and I am joined tonight. This is going to be such a wonderful episode. I am joined tonight by our good friend, and I always say it in every podcast when I uh, play the, the Patreon audio, uh, one of our favorite collaborators, Melanie Marquita. How are you, Mel? I'm doing great. How are you? fantastic fantastic and uh, i just want to say that uh, shanti is on vacation a little uh hiatus but um i, I i've got you to keep me company here uh while uh, we talk about something really cool it's it's a it's a topic that i've really been wanting to um, to talk about for a while um, I haven't had you know early on I think a, a couple of months ago I had asked On Twitter if anybody has had uh, A UFO encounter Or experience and Everybody said no but I wish I Had and uh, we're Going to try it again because I I did Get you know one you know we've, we've Got some material that we can work with but um, uh, This is going To be really exciting
1: yes I can't wait close encounters is one of my favorite Movies
0: Excellent. And um UFOs to me are fascinating. Close yeah. Encounters obviously is uh I put it in the notes. It's it's another one of those nineteen seventy seven movies that I feel we don't talk enough about. So uh yeah. what do you think? Let's get started. Yes.
2: Indianapolis Aries thirty one has traffic, two o'clock, slightly above Can you say aircraft type? Uh negative center, uh, no distinct outline. Tell you the truth, the target is rather brilliant. Wait a second. He's heading right for my windshield. The traffic is approaching head on. Alter right and really moving. And right by us right now. That was really close. 31. Do you wish to file a report of any kind of? it? A... I, I wouldn't know what kind of report to file, the center. <laughs>
0: got a quote that I wanted to uh, to start with. Um, the two possibilities exist. Either we are alone in the universe or we are not. Both are equally terrifying. And that is a quote by um, science fiction author Arthur C. Clarke. And I found that quote kind of looking through some stuff, doing a little bit of research and you know for tonight's episode and and i found it um i found it kind of uh chilling myself um obviously whether you believe in ufos or not that uh that's almost kind of a personal decision on whether you believe it um there's many factors i guess to go into it but uh i wanted to ask you what you thought of that quote
1: well it's Hard to believe in a universe as big as ours is that we're the only kids in the neighborhood because we're in a very small part of a very big place. Yes. And, you know, and as a kid, you know, I grew up sort of watching Cosmos with Carl Sagan and reading a lot of Carl Sagan. So I was sort of of the mindset that, well, of course, we're most likely not the only people here or the only beings here. And... um but I think it's equally terrifying to think of how big the universe is, because <laughs> when you start really thinking about, because I know Shandi has mentioned this before, that that space kind of is uneasy to her because it's so big. But she's <laughs> yeah. right. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, it's a it's a lot. I mean, and it's sort of mind-boggling.
0: It is very mind-boggling, and it's it's getting bigger.
1: Yes. Right. By the second. So
0: it's like, what is it? It just doesn't make sense. It is mind-boggling. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but I was never really—I was more fascinated than afraid. I think.
0: Yeah, same here. I think uh, the curiosity and the science behind it all was one aspect that uh, that kept me kind of grounded and not um, not surrounded by fear as much. I guess, but no. um, it's 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 fascinating, and obviously my love for science fiction. And stories of of spaceships and aliens and things like that, um, as a kid, obviously always fascinated me. Well, if you think about
1: it, when we grew up, I mean, the time when we grew up, because we're around the same age, I mean, we were Apollo kids. Right. So we were, that was, that was our thing, you know, that was normal to us. So I think it's sort of part and parcel of that.
0: Absolutely. And I think, you know, going back to the Kennedy speech before the moon landing, it was kind of a call to action. Um, it it mm-hmm. really sparked my curiosity as uh, as I learned about the speech, you know, in later years when I got older, mm-hmm. um, really kind of, you know, inspiring. And, and it brought uh, NASA to uh, to reach the moon. Man, you know, man walked on the moon, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, yeah, I, I just find it fascinating. Um, well, and like I, I love I- it
1: grew up around it because, um, because I grew up in Virginia, you know, we were really close to Langley. So we could drive right over there and, you know, play at Langley on the playground where everything was like rockets to climb and stuff like that. It was really cool.
0: Oh, cool. Cool. Later on, I'm going to play a clip from, uh, one of our followers, a friend of ours that, uh, that i I guess he had a similar experience regarding um you know playing around uh military uh, installations and and getting chased away by uh uh men in black scary men in black but uh, i'll play that in a second um but uh, i wanted to ask you what movies um do you think of when you think ufos
1: the first one's war of the worlds
0: ah yes
1: I liked the radio drama.
0: Oh, I loved it
1: because I heard that first, and then I watched the movie. The yeah, original the, movie.
0: The movie, yeah. You know what? I I bought the um, the Tom Cruise version um a little while ago, and I watched it, and I'm like, you know, obviously, I remember the original one, um, and it just it just does not hold up as well as the original one does. It's so spooky to me. It's scary.
1: Yeah, and it was just it was so thrilling to watch as a kid because it but it's like a lot of those movies every alien invasion was a terrible thing
0: right yeah
1: because what was going to happen you know because they were it was either they were going to take over the planet or they were going to take over your brain or they were going to take over your body it was it was never going to be a good ending
0: yeah that is fascinating i think uh so, getting back to War of the Worlds, um, I do remember that that sound that the ships made,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and that was very unsettling as a kid. But you're right, um, you know, from Invasion of the Body Snatchers to, uh, you know, what do you have in your notes? You have, um, oh,
1: there's Invaders from Mars, there's- right. Um, they,
0: they weren't very friendly. The aliens out there were not very friendly towards us. And I no. think, um, you know, I, I think the, the United States was what, uh, post, uh, that was, no, it was even before Vietnam.
1: Yeah, this but, was Cold um, War stuff. Yeah. So a lot of it was metaphorical.
0: Dangerous stuff. Know,
1: and it was about, you know, this sort of nefarious invasion and and aliens took the place of communism. Right. So it was, you know, something you could go and be afraid of. And, you know, it had a a little bit of subtext to it, but they're also, they're also a lot of fun too, because I, I remember seeing it came from outer space on a double bill with Creature from the Black Lagoon. Right. In 3D.
0: Oh my God. Yeah.
1: Which was a lot of fun.
0: In Chicago, we had, um... Uh, The Creature from the Black Lagoon in 3D presented by the Son of Svengulli TV show here. And you had to go to 7-Eleven to get your 3D glasses and then come home and and watch it. And I remember the only thing, I think I talked about this on another episode. I think the only thing that was 3D were the fish that were floating in the foreground, which still was kind of cool. But, um, very, very interesting too. And, um, yeah, if you guys are fans of, uh, those UFO alien movies from the fifties, particularly we're, uh, we're definitely going to get back on track on that one. I I'd like to actually do a separate show on, on that genre because it, it does relate to this, but I want to, um, I want to be a little more modern on that side, but we, we're mm-hmm. definitely are going to do a, uh, fifties UFO, um, episode cause I find that, uh, I find that topic also intriguing so that that's going to be a lot of fun
2: i am here to discuss the so-called flying saucers the air force interest in this problem has been due to our feeling of an obligation to identify and analyze to the best of our ability anything in the air that may have the possibility of threat or menace to the united states
0: I'm going to ask you, um, have you seen a UFO? No. Okay. Darn it. Darn it. Right.
1: Darn it. I, not that I haven't been looking since I was very small, (laughs) always looking, but my brother and sister did.
0: Oh, wow. Tell me about that.
1: And I slept through it. So my God, (laughs) I know of all people it was it was just so wrong on so many levels but um the way she tells the story which she doesn't tell very often because it freaked her out completely does Um, it still freak her out yes she won't talk about it wow yeah she won't talk about it i had to i begged her to let me talk about it so she said it was okay as long as she didn't have to do it and i said okay i can do it um I think she just does it so she can stick it to me that it didn't happen to me. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) so she had been asleep. This was, we were in school at the time. So um, this was between 11-ish and one o'clock in the morning. And um, she was around 13. My brother um, at that time was around six. He might not have been quite six yet. So he was still the age when he'd wake up and go looking for one of us if he got, disturbed in the night and so this happened on this particular night so she told him we'll just you know lay down and go to sleep and so around 11 o'clock ish this bright light happens outside the house well she said it was weird because she had this feeling that she didn't want to look outside but she felt compelled to go to the window at the same time and she said she felt it before she saw it wow and it was like a humming. She says, it's she says, weird to describe it as a humming, but it, she said it felt like her body was humming. And she saw it, and it was a bunch of different multicolored lights. It was hovering, and there was complete quiet on the street. There was no traffic. There was no air traffic because we live in a, in a flight path at that time. We were sort of in a flight path. Nothing in the sky except this thing. And it was just there and and then my brother woke up and he said, is that a UFO? Oh
0: my God. <laughs>
1: like only a little kid can do. Right. Yeah. And she said, okay, let's just go back to sleep. Let's just <laughs> lay down. <laughs> oh but she said it was very, very, for her it was very disturbing. But see, she was the kid who didn't like any of that stuff. Right. She wasn't looking for it. She wasn't trying to attract it to her. <laughs> in some weird way you know she's like if i don't think about it they're not going to know i'm thinking about them they're not going to come you know and meantime they tell me about it the next morning i'm like why didn't you come get me
0: oh my god
1: (laughs) i'd have been out there snapping pictures (laughs) yeah you know but um
0: funny
1: i yeah it was yeah and i thought of all people you two great
0: wow Wow. Well, uh, yeah. if your if mm-hmm. your sister listens to this episode, she's gonna get really freaked out because I'm gonna edit the crap out of the this little segment here and add some sound <laughs> effects. Oh my god, she's Good. gonna flashbacks there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god.
1: And she does have dreams about it. She still wow. has dreams about it, and this is many, many, many years on. I won't yeah. say because I don't want to make her even angrier, but <laughs> okay. it's um. But she does, and she says she still she still has a little bit of fear about dreaming about it again because the dreams are very vivid, and they're not wow. good.
0: Now, are these dreams uh, a recreation of just seeing the lights in the sky, or does something else happen? Mm,
1: other things happen.
0: Oh my god.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and she said not to talk about that part. Okay. Too much. But
0: All right. It's mm.
1: people beings, and she didn't like it. Yeah. Not one bit.
0: Wow has yeah. she described like what they look like
1: she it, it was uh, like a it was a silhouette kind of thing so you That's you can really, scarier
0: yeah your yeah, brain fills you in the gaps
1: yeah and she and it's it's like a sleep paralysis thing and and oh. and the whole deal but it's traumatic you know and she, yeah. she said she said she's only had it happen a couple of times since then but she's wow. always has that in the back of her mind when she's going to sleep that she doesn't want it to happen again the
2: date 3-8-94. The time is 21-30 hours. We're right there in the sky. Is something we've never seen before? No, I'm not. Okay, um, I don't know if you guys do anything <laughs> on close at all.
0: So I've never, I've, I don't think I've ever seen a UFO like that or, or anything that has affected me like that. I did, I remember going to Puerto Rico um, for a friend's wedding and we were all at the beach kind of just hanging out. It was quiet and calm. The skies were clear and I just happened to look up and I saw a, um, right above us, I saw a very small um, cylindrical type of, Object that was just kind of spinning slowly above us, and it it hung above us for quite some time, enough for me to to start thinking about what it was. I didn't know what it mm-hmm. was, and I and and you know it was up there for quite a long time. So I'm like I'm like refocusing my eyes and trying to figure out like the shape. Do I see wings? Do I not see mm-hmm. wings? But it was just a cylinder, if you can imagine a Coke. Um, can, you know, straight up and down, but with, um, I don't know, with, with a, a light texture with might've been windows, like something that looked wow. like windows, but it was just spinning slowly, just hovering oh, wow. right above us, which is weird because, you know, in Puerto Rico, you've got, you know, one of uh, this hemisphere's um, most powerful um, radar uh, and satellite dish in Arecibo. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people think that there's a lot of activity down there because of that. Um, it's, you know, it, it's, it's tantamount to saying, you know, ET phone home, hang up the phone. We don't want ET to come over here to right. scare us, scare us to death. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's the, um, that's the only thing that I remember seeing. I have had dreams where I would wake up and remember the dreams. They've been terrifying. I remember having a dream where. I'd run down the stairs in the living room. I, I must have been like eight years old or nine years old, and um, the entire house was was shaking, and there were some tremendously bright lights coming in from the windows from the outside. And okay. I I looked out the window, and again, it's it's all about shapes. You can see mm-hmm. these large headed silhouettes just walking towards the house, and that freaked the crap out of me. Yes. Yeah, but Cause, those, cause those you're are, right. I
1: mean, cause your brain yeah. fills in the details and they're never good.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, those are, those are some of the things. And if, if your sister's dreaming, uh, those things, uh, I, I can't imagine the, the, uh, the fear, mm-hmm. especially, especially as a kid. But, yeah. um, you know, I was watching some clips of close encounters of the third kind last night and, um, you know, Steven Spielberg really um had uh he, he's such a, 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 a craftsman with, with films like that. You know, you, you've got Jaws obviously, but Steven Spielberg, you know, Close Encounters was uh definitely um a very interesting movie for him stylistically. I think it's probably one of his trademark movies back in nineteen seventy seven. And um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Do you remember what the uh, first and second kind are?
1: Yeah, visual sighting was the first kind. Right, right. Second kind, there was a physical effect of some kind, a scorching of the earth or a, animals were affected by it.
0: Yeah, some sort of evidence.
1: Yeah, physical evidence. Mm-hmm. And then the third kind. A scary was, guy. Here they are. Here they are. Here
0: they are. Open the door. Close that door, door, kid. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Very, very. Uh, you know, one of the things that I do remember for some reason, I. you know, obviously because it had uh, such an effect on, on the plot line, is uh, Richard Dreyfus uh, making, you know, kind of small sculptures of Devil's uh, Hill. Yeah. With the mashed potatoes and and the uh, you know the the, the mm-hmm. scene where he tries to recreate it, he doesn't know what it means. It means something, but um, very interesting. There's some very real, you know, really cool visuals in that movie that uh, are kind of iconic. You know, I, I mentioned Richard Dreyfus the when his character is um, is in his in his uh, pickup truck and he's about to yes. cross the railroad, and you see the light, uh, you know, above him. Mm-hmm. Um. Everybody, you know, if you just flash that frame in front of everybody, I'm sure people will absolutely know what it's from.
1: And don't you think about it on rural roads? I do. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah.
1: I still do. I keep looking, kind of looking, you know?
0: <laughs> look. Yeah. I, I get to the railroad crossing and I look left and then I look mm-hmm. right. And if nobody's around, I look up. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
1: Because you never know. You never know.
0: But you know what? It's funny because you slept through it, and you know I'll be at the railroad, you know, hoping that uh, I'll wait long enough, and maybe maybe the aliens are late, and um, they're about to shine their light on me. But nothing ever happens, so I'm, no. I kind of get bummed out.
1: Yeah, it's not for one of looking, because I've yeah. been looking.
0: We are definitely looking, but um, yeah, talk about the '70s uh, with uh, with alien encounters and stuff like that. What else was happening? Oh, the the kids
1: don't the kids don't know how great the '70s were.
0: No, no. The
1: '70s were great because we had all the phenomena in the '70s. You had Sasquatch, you had the Bermuda Triangle.
0: Oh my God! Yes.
1: Oh, and and then it was you know all the Chariots of the Gods, which I carried around. I carried that book around. Oh yeah, I carried that book around. That's a guaranteed way to get you get yourself a seat on the bus by yourself, is <laughs> reading all that. It's like I'm sitting by the weirdo. But um Yeah, you had, I, um, had all that it, stuff.
0: I got into it. I went to the I I remember going to the library, doing some homework and stuff like that, but I came across a book on the Loch Ness Monster.
1: Yes, that was another yeah, one.
0: Yeah. And you know, then I started reading about the Loch Ness Monster and then Project Blue Book. And yes. then um, what do you call it? The zoo. There was a word that they used the zoo cryptological creatures that are supposed to be extinct, but they found a coelacanth yes. uh, prehistoric fish somewhere. And then, you know, as a kid, it makes you wonder, like, well, wait a minute, if they found this and it wasn't alive, but they found um, or maybe it was alive. I can't remember. But you, you wonder what else is out there that we don't know exists or you know is man mm-hmm. too arrogant to to think that uh that we know everything you know right it's amazing then, i love because,
1: it and then because it was the 70s especially with the ufo phenomena there was always a suspicion that it was being covered up because right. we were coming out of watergate and you know all you know suddenly everything was suspicious and so and, nothing was yep. what it seemed
0: And I don't think um, people have recovered from that. I there's still there's still people that uh, I mean conspiracy theories um, are all over the place.
1: (laughs) But I think one of the best things too is like especially when because you mentioned Project Blue Book is Jay Allen Hynek who was a civilian who went to work for Project Blue Book. He was the skeptic when he walked in. He was sort of the male Scully of the situation.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah,
1: and then he. Ended up thinking, turning, turning it around and going, no, there's, there's some things we can't explain.
0: Yeah, there's something And he here. That
1: came up with something like 11% of things they couldn't explain. So cool. Yeah.
0: And let's see, what other shows were out there? Um, one of the other shows that I absolutely loved was In Search Of.
1: Oh, yes. Every Saturday with Mr. Spock.
2: Lost Civilizations extraterrestrials myths and monsters missing persons magic and witchcraft unexplained phenomena in search of cameras are traveling the world seeking out these great mysteries this program was the result of the work of scientists researchers and a group of highly skilled
1: technicians i mean i knew he was leonard Nimoy, but you know, it's, it's Spock telling you about this stuff. So
0: I know it's great, you know, it's
1: good. but it was like, but it was so great. Cause it was everything. It was ESP, which was a big thing then. And, um, ancient aliens. And I mean, he covered everything on that show. I mean, right. It was so great.
0: Bigfoot. And like I said, you know, I mean, he covered, you know, there was even an episode on Loch Ness on the Loch Ness monster. Mm-hmm. Which uh you know, at the time, obviously, that's kind of how I got into all this weird, creepy stuff., um, And then obviously, my love for for Star Trek and and sci-fi at the yep. time, it was a perfect mm-hmm. combination.
1: Oh, yeah, because because we, we were watching Star Trek in syndication because it was on every where, where I lived, it was on every day, even on the yeah. weekends. Yeah,
0: good stuff, good stuff. So good. So, um, what are some of your favorite, um, scenes from, uh, mm. Close Encounters of the Third Kind?
1: Well, you know, we were talking about J. Allen Hynek and he's actually in the movie. Yeah. Which I, which was always a thrill for me because I was the nerd going, it's J. Allen Hynek. And everybody's like, who? <laughs> <laughs> Project that's Blue Book, good. what? You know, <laughs> but, um, uh, but I always think that's cool when he shows up, um, but i think one of the one of the best scenes and and you and you referenced it before is is when roy is in his truck and at first he's terrified like you would be and like midway through it and he plays it so well cuz he's not saying anything you know he has to telegraph all this stuff to us yeah he's in his truck and all these you know the lights are going and the mailboxes are swaying back and forth and the railroad signs swaying back and forth and it's just this bright light and he doesn't know what's happening and suddenly about three quarters through the scene he starts getting fascinated by it and you can tell that yeah. he's he it, he's made a turn sort of in his mind that you know i kind of want to know what's what is what is happening to me what's going on what is this thing he's and like it, us. he just plays it so well yeah exactly yeah and he's not, and, and at first he's, he's, you know, really, you can tell it's, it he's panicked and then he sort of calms down and he's sort of taking it all in, you know, just like we are, you know, as the camera's going from here to here, we're kind of seeing what he's seeing. Yeah. And it's just so well done without, Absolutely. with no dialogue. Yeah. You know, and at that point as the audience, we really don't know what's happening yet. Because right. it's so early in the movie.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, getting back to the work of Steven Spielberg, I think that that's one of his um, his kind of his trademark moves. I, I love it. I was watching mm-hmm. the scene um, where the uh, the scientists discover the the World War II planes out in the desert. Yes. And there are there are just certain shots that you can just totally tell. Like that's like a Steven Spielberg move. Tell me something. What the hell is happening here? It's flight number 19. 19!
2: 19 what? It's that training mission from the oh, Naval Air whoa. Station at Fort Lauderdale! They were doing target runs on an old Hulk! Who flies crates like these anymore? No one! These planes were reported missing in 1945.
0: looks brand new
2: where's the pilot i don't understand where's the crew hey how the hell
0: did it get here there's uh you know shots where the camera kind of you know slowly um um i'm going to use a term slowly trucks into an actor mm-hmm. Right. And, a, um, and and, you know, you, you see that in Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, mm-hmm. the first the introduction of of Indiana Jones, when he turns around the camera, you know, moves in and you see that all over the place in in a lot of uh, Spielberg's uh, work. They used to joke out-
1: about it on MST3K. Do you remember that?
0: No, what did they and say? Tom,
1: Tom Server would call it his patented shots of people looking, <laughs> and it's true. But yeah. it's so. But, but the but the reason that it works is because he chooses the right actor, right for every part.
0: Yeah, and that and first he, one was uh, Truffaut.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That was that that was like his introduction to his character that was in the movie too, yeah.
1: and he has such um, a great presence on screen too
0: yeah absolutely and then you know obviously you couple it with a a a score by the master himself john williams and what's not to love
1: yeah you can't go wrong with that
0: absolutely and
1: i and i love the bits of electronica he brings into it too because it's because it's a very it's a very 70s sci-fi sort of feel but it also has a timeless quality too sure and i'm not sure anybody else could do that but him
0: right Absolutely. So, do you know about the little behind the scenes bet that uh, Lucas and Spielberg made? Um, the clash of the th- Titans. Yeah. <laughs>
1: it cost Lucas some money.
0: <laughs> yeah. Some pocket I re- change. <laughs> I remember. I remember an interview with Spielberg that, uh, and both of them that said, you know, um, he he had the better uh, he had the better bet, um, yeah. obviously. The two directors were, were friends and they were making their movies, uh, you know, comparing notes and they gave each other points on, um, you know, on the profit or or whatever of the, the, the the box office, the, the money that the movies would make. And obviously star Wars blew everything out of the water in 1977. So Spielberg got uh, a little change for, for his, uh, his points on the back end, as they say in the business. Um, and, uh, Mm -hmm. The rest but is Lucas
1: Luke, Lucas made good on it though.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's that kind of guy. Yeah.
1: It'd be great to have that kind of coin to throw around, just oh making bets with your money-making friends.
0: <laughs> what are those? So let's talk a little bit about the uh, the actors. We uh, I totally mm-hmm. forgot that Terry Gar was uh, was in this movie.
1: Yes, she sort of has a thankless role. She wants She wanted to play Jillian. Oh yeah. Turned it down, and then Steven Spielberg kind of talked her into it. Yeah, I mean, she's she, but she's really good in the part,
0: right? She's, and she yeah,
1: has just she that weariness about her, mm-hmm. you know, where she's just had enough of this guy and his stuff.
0: I yeah, I mean, it's a little. You know. uh, if 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 I were the wife too, I, I'd be like, will yeah. you relax with the mashed potatoes already?
1: And she has that. She has that point on the when she's out on the road. She says, "Do you see me? Do you see me out here?" You know, because she's like, I'm being supportive, right? (laughs) Yeah. And she kind of doesn't want to have to do it. But she's doing it anyway.
0: Yeah. What a trooper.
1: Yeah, she was a trooper. She was a trooper. But I also think, um, and I think it was the soul. it was the sole acting, because Richard Dreyfuss won for Goodbye Girl that year, not for this. Melinda Dillon got an Academy Award nomination for playing Jillian.
0: Mm, Nice.
1: And she was, she's so good in this part. I mean, she's, I mean, she's a great actress anyway. And most people know her as the mom from a Christmas story now.
2: Right. But
1: um, when I went to see a Christmas story, I was like, Oh, it was the mom from close encounters and Christmas story. (laughs) (laughs)
0: What a nerd. (laughs) nerd. (laughs)
1: Such a nerd. Such a nerd. And it was, she's married to Colchak, the night stalker. So, (laughs) Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Well, I mean, in the movie, Yeah, he's the old man. But um, yeah, but that's where I was in nerd town.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, Last night I was was telling you I was watching just some clips and um, the one where the uh, the little kid is fascinated by the lights that are approaching Mm -hmm. the house, the farmhouse. Um, Right. That's, I think that's kind of like what my dream was, except I didn't get pulled out from, you know, out out, out of of the house. Um, Right. But um, yeah, that's kind of chilling. And it, it it had kind of a precursor to, uh, to the scene in um, Poltergeist. Yes. Where things were, you know, the vacuum cleaner started on its own and the record player goes Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. I mean, the room Mm -hmm. goes, goes nuts basically. But uh, there's such tension in that scene, you know you've got the sound effects, you've got the, uh, the, the music, you've got the, the, the low hum of, of this vehicle that's kind of approaching the, the, the farmhouse. And the lights, I think what makes mm-hmm. this scene is just the, the bright lights that are coming in from, from all you know the, the, the door uh, the mm-hmm. doorknobs and, and the keyholes. One of the most chilling scenes is that uh, the floor grate where the screws start to come yes. up on its own, <sighs> and again, just masterfully done. It's, if that doesn't send chills up your spine, I don't know what will.
1: And she's doing what you do. I mean, she's going around shutting the windows and locking the doors, right. and you know, they're That I don't think that's going to help.
0: And the kid's like, "Oh, let's open the door. Let's see who's there." Yeah.
2: We had a close encounter. A close encounter with something very unusual. Who are you, people? Boys! One, two, three. I'm seeing the shape.
1: Damn it, I know this. I know what this is.
2: This means something.
1: Sound editing is excellent.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Let's um let's rewind a little
0: bit and uh talk a little bit about the history of uh, UFO sightings. I mentioned um Betty and Barney Hill, we've got obviously Roswell. Um mm-hmm. but um how how cool is that? How fascinating is that? Um the uh the the very first what documented abduction?
1: Mhm. Yeah. And I don't think he didn't he didn't live very long, did he? He seems like he was very young when he died, Barney Hill.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, I, when I the, when I remember when I first read about that, I was like, man, because I never it never occurred to me. I mean, because like up until I read about them, it was more like you know it was Roswell and they crashed or people were seeing him in the sky. It wasn't like people being taken. Right. For Weather whatever balloons.
0: reason. Right.
1: Right. Yeah, and you never really thought about abduction that way you know, yeah. and then that became sort of the motif from, from that point forward was people being taken by them for and I do, reason.
0: Yeah. And I do remember, um, there were episodes of people being hypnotized and, uh, scientists were claiming that a lot of the hypnotisms were, um, implanting false memories. And it was almost like mm-hmm. a, um, a widespread psychosis where th- just the the act of being hypnotized, the unknown gives you that feeling of abduction, the feeling of, you know, being part of some sort of, uh, you know, UFO scenario that wasn't real. Right. Um, and the jury obviously is still out on that, but it's, it's interesting stuff either way, because that was around the time that, you know, whether you were, Hypnotized or not, whether you believed it or not, I mean, you know, people started to see it. I think who was the uh, famous president in the '70s that uh, claimed to have seen a UFO?
1: Was it Carter? Did Jimmy Carter. Carter. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Yeah. Alright friends, time to say thank you and acknowledge all the wonderful souls that help keep the lights on over here at the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. Team Scarif gives you all a heartfelt thanks. We're super lucky to have you. Big thanks to our Executor Tier patrons, Backyard Tardis Nick Schaefer, a huge supporter of the Red 5 Network. Go support his channel and catch up on his adventures in locksmithing. Scott and Kim from the Used and Abused Podcast, another Red 5 Pod. Look for them on all the socials. Can't forget our other patrons Rogue One Radio. Thank you, DJ Steve and Nicole And check out Comics and Cosmetics Danny's got some Lovely takes on Comics and uh, Cosmetics Go subscribe to her show Our Miami pal The Frank What's up Frank And Joey Rosales, longtime supporter Of the Scuttlebutt Thank you kind sir Massive shout out To my co-host And Mistress of the Dark Chantel of Scarif After Dark And the ever so Wonderful Belinda Thank you so much And I'm glad You're on this list Big thanks to our other friends, Alex and Jay, and our resident classic Hollywood expert, one of our favorite collaborators, Melanie Marquita. Big hugs to you, my friend. Huge respect to all our patrons. And if you want to help us keep the lights on over here and enjoy the show, head on over to patreon.com slash Scuttlebutt. Remember, we can't have the scuttle without the butt. It's always sunny on Scarif with patrons like you. You mentioned um, a couple minutes ago, um, chariots of the gods. You want to dive into
1: mm-hmm. that a little bit and tell people um, what what is that all about? Oh, Eric Von Daniken! Oh, <laughs> so exciting! And there was a movie too. There was a movie too. You know the schlocky documentaries we had in the seventies that I oh, I still love those things.
0: <laughs> yeah, and,
1: and and they're so great, you know, because they you know they're trying to posit these theories and not really come down on one side or think, well, it's up to you, you know, that sort of thing. But Chariots Isn't, of the Gods yeah. was huge. Huge. I mean, and everybody was talking about it. At least in my nerdy circles, everybody was talking about it. <laughs> and it was this great sort of theory where he where he sort of went to these places like Peru and, and Egypt and tried to make it uh, the, make real this theory that we had been visited before and that these ancient aliens, ancient astronauts were responsible for a lot of technology that these people shouldn't have had, or the reason that um, these lines happened in Peru was this is a landing strip.
0: Right. The, the NASCA lines.
1: Yes. And the cave paintings of the, of the creatures in the, in the helmets. Were yeah. because we'd been visited, and it was. I mean, that, that stuff I fascinating. find fascinating.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, because you look at the picture, sounds like well, it does look yeah. like an astronaut. Yeah, it looks like a NASA spacesuit.
1: Yeah, it looks so exactly like an weird. Apollo astronaut in a cave somewhere. You know,
0: right? Just discovered. You know where it shouldn't be. Fascinating. And then
1: there was you know other drawings were like flying machines that they shouldn't have been able to know anything about. Right. It was just fascinating.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you, uh, you mentioned the ancient astronaut theory. Um, you know, we get a, I think we get a little bit of that in the, uh, the more modern movie Prometheus. Yes. Which, um, you know, I, I know it gets panned, but I, I think because I like the premise of, of, uh, of the chariots of the gods book, um, I feel like I, I wish I wanted. I, I wish we could have gotten a little bit more from that. Um, I think uh, a prequel to Prometheus um, would actually fascinate me if they want. If they went into the whole, you know, ancient astronaut, and I know a lot of people at the beginning of that movie were confused as to like, what the, what is this big white alien doing? Why is he melting his DNA? here what's what what is all that stuff and i i like because i i love that show ancient aliens and i knew the premise of what they were talking about i'm like oh okay these guys are seeding the galaxy and this is where we're getting our information and i know what's going on but i did too
1: i was like yeah i know i know exactly (laughs) who these people are and what they're doing of course man but i think that's why ancient aliens is so popular one of the reasons why is, is there's so many of us that grew up in that we're sort of steeped in it and we are sort of, you know, hungry for that sort of thing.
0: Yeah. And, I'd, uh, you know, some of yeah, you know, I love watching the shows. If, if, mm-hmm. if for anything, just, I love to see how far they can stretch their, their, um, their story, their narrative. Oh yeah. And, uh, it's, it's just fascinating. I'm like, uh you're pushing it there, but I love it. Give me
1: more. I love it. Keep going. <laughs> Keep
0: going too funny um so but good. yeah you know one of the things obviously that uh again that just fascinates me is just you know the, the 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 pictographs um the ancient uh images uh you know whether you find them in in egypt or in central america somewhere in mexico all these things are are very similar you've got pyramids on on every continent you've got similar stories of winged beasts so it's like you know you have to kind of Ask yourself, uh, you know, there might be something there where we were visited or the other possibility exists that uh, mankind always had a great imagination um, no matter where they lived on the planet. That's that, true. That might be something, too.
1: That's true. It's fun to think that we're the aliens, though, isn't it? I mean, really. <laughs> Absolutely. It's way, way more fun.
0: Absolutely. Spaceships and their flying machines. All the aliens. Absolutely. But it's funny because, you know, lately, you know, we we had uh, just recently we had the Pentagon unclassify or declassify the uh, images of uh, some fighter jets uh, chasing some sort of unidentified um, flying. thing. What was the so people are trying to switch the uh, acronym UFO to what was the other one
1: to UAP or something like that? They're UFOs. Get over it.
0: UAPs. I, I don't like you said in the notes. I don't think that's going to catch.
1: No, that's like new Coke. Forget it. The UFOs. <laughs> Forget the UFOs. Oh my
0: god. Oh my god. New Coke. I totally I almost forgot about that in history. Jeez.
1: Deservedly that's so. That's
0: hilarious. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> But it's funny, though, because, um, you know, now that we have, you know, some of the best technology as far as uh, photography in our back pockets, why are we not seeing more UFOs? What do you think?
1: Or higher definition UFOs. (laughs) (laughs) I would love that.
0: Yeah, I mean, we have have cameras
1: handy. I'd be ready. I was thinking about that when I was watching Close Encounters, actually, because I was thinking when they were all on the road. I thought now every baby would be on the road with their phone out Right. video and the thing going over their head. Totally. There would probably still be the one guy, the stop and be friendly guy. He would probably <laughs> still be out there, but um, I think everybody else would have their phones out, but I'm kind of, gl- I'm kind of glad they haven't tried to, to mess with it because I think close encounters is very of its time. Yeah. And I, I kind of like the idea that they, you know, Jillian's out there with her regular camera taking pictures and not That's too funny. Having all the a high,
0: extra yeah. stuff. People would be like, you know what, this video is just way too good.
1: Yeah. It's
0: it's gotta be fake.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, they deep faked it. Cause I think people would be well, they'd probably be skeptical anyway. Absolutely. Even with and the th- technology. Maybe even more so. And you know it's it's
0: Uh, Close Encounters is one of those movies, too, that I'm glad that uh, they have not uh, remade or tried to make something better. It really works. I think, you know, we, we said it earlier, you know, your brain tends to fill in, you know, some information that is not visible on screen. And a lot of times that's a lot more, you know, scarier and more thrilling than actually seeing everything just, you know, doled out to you in front of you.
1: And it's like a lot of it's a lot of Spielberg movies too that they're not really about the thing they're purported to be about. They're really about the people in the movie. Yes. Not yes. what's going on. Not what's happening to them. Right. It's the people themselves.
0: And how they react, um, mm-hmm. their relationships with the with with their peers, um, absolutely. And then the end of, um, of uh, Close Encounters, you've got uh, the giant ship that uh, makes its landing and makes its appearance. I don't think it lands. I think it just hovers. Again, another one of those iconic shots.
2: Play the
1: five tones. honestly if you haven't seen it on the big screen you really haven't seen it
0: oh my god
1: because there was nothing like seeing it come if you know, completely fill the movie screen that's what yeah, i remember
0: exactly i know i'll never forget uh you know that uh, musical
1: tone right
0: will be forever ingrained in my head
1: and you play it when you see a xylophone.
0: Exactly. Or you try. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Can't help it.
0: One of our followers, Ace Sipowitz, um, sent us a quick little clip. I'm going to play it here, and then uh, you can tell me what you think.
2: My good friends that um, I used to work with is stereo processing. um he, I think he used to live near Wright Pat Air Force Base here in Dayton, Ohio, and he said that one of his family members was outside playing, and they were playing with some ball near some lake or some, something. And they say they said somebody came out from a storm drain. He had on like army fatigue, and he was uh, had a rifle, gun type something, wearing all black. And he said, "Hey." you guys can't be playing near here. You gotta, you know, you gotta get lost and stuff like that. But down that drain and down where that place is at, um, it was supposed to be, you know, where they kept some secret hidden military UFO type stuff or stuff that they say they've had, had that down there for years. And, you know, um, we've often wondered, you know, where this storm drain leads to or you know, different areas because it's sealed off. But, That's word on the street about the UFOs and the alien stuff. Now I do believe they're among us. I don't know where exactly where they are, but I do believe they exist. So that's my story. So tell me what you guys think about that, because you know how the
1: military is—they like to either confirm or deny a thing. What do you think? Yeah, that is—that's something. Yeah. That's well. Is it a storm drain? Is it? I
0: know, right? Question. (laughs) First
1: thing I thought. Question mark.
0: Don't believe anything until it has been officially denied.
1: Right. That's right. <laughs> That's some kind of story though. I always wonder what that would wondered what that would be like, you know, if you saw something you weren't supposed to see, who would come? You know, would it be the military, would it be the men in black?
0: Yeah, I mean that that always brings me to the concept of uh, or the the concept really of Area 51, not only mm. the the place, you know, we've all seen the signs. Um, You know, stay away, keep out, uh, deadly force authorized. I mean, what is in there that uh, the deadly force is authorized if you uh if And you then you see the people threshold? in the
1: documentaries that drive up close enough that the people yeah. with the guns come? Yeah. And it's sort of like, okay, wow. Yeah. I mean, it sounds kind of jokey until you see people actually ride up there and then you see people, you know, yards from them. Right. That are Heavily and, armed and ready to and they're
0: watching you from the hills or something, yes, you can see them like, like sniper snipers. wise. Yes. It's like, dude. Okay. But yeah. Um, and obviously there's, you know, there's some fun movies uh that have to do with Area 51.
1: And, and you and, know what uh, I I thought of a TV show too that I watched in um I think it only had one season called Dark Skies. Did you watch that?
0: Oh, I remember Dark Dark Skies, yeah.
1: And that had that whole um, military element to it, too, of, you know, just mind your business and, you know, know, work in this area, that sort of thing. And that was a really good show. But it was but I remember starting to watch that. And I thought, oh, I mean, just from the first episode, I was like, oh, yes.
0: (laughs) Sign (laughs) me I'm among my people. (laughs) Yeah. What are some of the real world UFO news items that you remember? I put a couple in the notes, but I wanted to see if uh if you can remember anything in in real world in in the real world um and not recently because maybe maybe back in that era, you know, the 70s, the 80s, mm-hmm. some stuff that really made um headlines? Um, and I always, uh, you know, when I search UFO videos, I always see a lot of stuff from Mexico City. Yes, um, but um,
1: there's a lot in that area. Una prueba más que se suma
0: a la lista de como la de abajo y la de arriba. Los expertos la de arriba. aseguran que se trató de algún tipo oh, de ejercicio oh, militar vista desde el, el cielo bajo. en Baja California,
1: Sonora, Chihuahua, la Durango y de Sinaloa.
2: un ovni. Ah. Aquí estamos
1: en la cuspide en Baja California. City in Baja California and that whole yeah. that whole area has a lot of them
0: but damn you mentioned the Bermuda Triangle and that's another yeah. thing that just fascinates me too but uh, you know they um, talk about you know UFOs or some sort of uh, I don't know entities or something you know underwater and you have uh, underwater um, like docking areas for UFOs which uh, makes for great uh, great stories too
1: and was it magnetic? And that's why the um, right. all the compasses on the planes went crazy. And
0: that's another fascinating show. I think we should tackle yeah. in the future. Yeah. But um, yeah, you know, finding the World War Two uh, planes in uh, towards the, the beginning of uh, Close Encounters, and um, what was the the uh, the characters' names? Like, what what are these? What, what's going on? Where are these from? We haven't seen these in years,
1: and they were pristine inside. Yeah, where are the pilots? And it's such a great thing too because they're in the middle of this huge dust storm, right? And and they just and it just breaks just enough so you can see these planes and they're really nice looking planes in the middle of nowhere.
0: And they open the cockpit, and you see the uh, the fam like family pictures. Like yes. these guys had their like pictures of their wives and their kids. Mm-hmm. But again, like you said, just they're they're all pristine, like they just took off.
1: Mm-hmm. Like somebody gently placed them there.
0: Fascinating stuff, man.
1: Mm-hmm. I love it.
0: On the night, I looked out through the kitchen window, and I noticed uh, three lights up in the sky that you know seemed a little peculiar. My dad, he was in the Navy, he knew right away that those weren't anything he's ever seen as far as an airplane. And that's when we ended up getting the video recorder out and started to record. First, there were three glowing orbs, and then there were five. We had up to 12 different lights across the sky right through there. It took three to five hours, and it was over the course of two days. More than a hundred witnesses called into the local authorities
2: that night to report the strange lights.
0: 911, what's your emergency? What else about UFOs uh, fascinates you?
1: I like the whole Roswell thing because I like a mystery, and I, I like reading about the different just just regular people's accounts mm-hmm. of these things and how similar they are all and, across, right? Yeah. And and on all over the country and and how it affects different people, that's always very interesting too. Cuz some of the people are, you know, law enforcement people and people that are supposed to be, you know, the responsible people in their small town or whatever and they don't really want to say that they saw these things. They don't want right. to make a fuss about it
0: cause they would be labeled crazy. And you had, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you had some people that were just common folk that, uh, whose credibility was always in question. But like you said, you know, the we started having, you know, police officers and people of, uh, of, of high influence, you know, like I said uh, earlier, uh, presidents, uh, claimed to have seen, you know, UFOs It's very interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. And in, um, project UFO, I think the first, I think it's the first episode. It's it's a good microcosm of people's experiences, you know. And you have the the lady from the farmhouse who wasn't concerned with it at all. She was she thought it was lovely and fascinating. And then you have some the military guys in the air who are completely freaked out because this thing is you know darting back and forth and they don't know what it is and they can't track it. And it's, it, I liked that show because it seemed it seemed based in what I was reading, mm-hmm. but it was a Jack Webb thing. So he was going to talk to people who knew about, it. I mean, it, it really is a procedural sort of like dragnet Yeah, where he was, you know, where you get the cart, the title card at the beginning. That's, that's based on actual cases and, right, you know, and you have the narration and all that stuff. So it has that sort of dragnet element to it, but he was very concerned with things being accurate. So he was, and it's not flashy, you know I don't know if kids now could watch it because it's not you know it's not non-stop action but for me yep. as a kid I was glued to it you know the thing is though I always I always think about you know the SETI program it's like well why did we have that if we didn't think there was anything to yeah, any of this, sure right yeah and contact is another good movie
0: oh yeah I love that.
1: that one was really good yeah but again, it was like, even though, I mean, and that was a Carl Sagan project, I mean, and there is a lot of science in it. But again, it's about the people in the story.
0: Absolutely. You know,
1: it's a father-daughter story.
0: Yeah. You're absolutely right.
1: But I like that about it. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. So um, I'm so proud. If your sister makes it this far, I'm so proud of her. I am too. In the episode here.
1: I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We'll it to was have so, I, I will tell you this. It was so bad that her friend in high school, when they graduated, gave her a candle. You know how they have the, the saint candles? This was one to ward off aliens.
0: Oh, my God.
1: And she gave it away, I think, um, several years ago. And she's always felt kind of queasy about doing that. She goes, maybe uh, I shouldn't have done that.
2: <laughs> oh, no.
1: I should have kept it. Oh, my. Yeah.
0: Poor girl. Awesome sauce. Melanie, um, this was such a fun discussion on UFOs, close encounters, and ancient astronaut theories. Oh, yes. Good stuff. Good stuff. Melanie, thank you so much for joining me on this discussion. It was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I had a great time. I love it, and if if you're listening and you haven't watched Close Encounters, watch it. We haven't spoiled that much. Melanie,
0: thank you so much.
1: Where can people find you to say hello there? Oh, on the Twitter at Melanie Marquita. I'm following you guys around where the cool kids hang out. Where the cool
0: kids? Thank you so much. You're the cool kid. And um, this is Ro from the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. If you are just tuning in and finding out about our show, thank you so much. We can be found wherever you find your other favorite podcasts on all podcatchers across the galaxy. We also have a hotline. Uh, would love to hear your take if you uh, have been witness to a Lights in the Sky Have you seen a UFO? Have you been probed? That is the question of the day. Give us a call and leave us a voicemail at 773-234-8659 or send us an email at scarefscuttlebutt at gmail.com. Thank you so much for joining us tonight on this episode, whatever it is. I forgot what it was, 124, 125. This is Ro, that's Melanie. Thank you so much. And that's the Scuttlebutt.
2: Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5Network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to redfivenetwork.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red Five Network.